This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Want truly hydrated skin? Meet Osea's Body Care Breakthrough, Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code SUMMER. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Fuck up again. Last year, I was ridiculed and people rubbished me right. on, the, on everywhere. Right. What, right. what was that? Wait, what? No, right. people, people no, rub- ridiculed. Ridiculed, right? Oh, ridiculed. Ridiculed. All right. <laughs> Ridiculously ridiculed. <laughs> Sorry, mate. You were ridiculed for what? People took the piss last year when I turned around and said, "For all our contact information and to send us an email, visit holradio.net forward slash contact." Welcome to Homes Day Radio. My name is Chris Hambling. And tonight we look back at a week that ended with another Palace draw as Mark Hughes is stoked with the latest side to frustrate Warnock's Palace. With me tonight are Patrick O'Connor. Hello, everybody. Hey. Alex White. Good evening. Hey. And Geronimo Holyoke. Hello. Hello. Uh, as ever, we want to hear from you. Uh, you can tweet us. It's at HOL Radio. You can contact us on holradio.net forward slash contact or you can go to the chat room holradio.net forward slash chat and we haven't organised ourselves so someone will be in there but at some point someone will be in there Uh, we'll begin the show with a couple of questions we've had from listeners shortly but first up it's news in brief possibly is it news in brief Tom Tom is it news in brief oh every week so let's just carry on listening to the intro. All the latest news from around Selhurst Park. This is News in Brief. Palace actually managed to draw an exciting tie in the FA Cup third round. Out of the hat came the name of Dover Athletic at their ground. The game will take place on Sunday the 4th of January 2015, kick-off 1pm, and the match will be shown live on BT Sport. Ticket and travel prices for the game will be announced as soon as they become available, so do keep an eye on the official site. Eerily, in our last show, Nick Gillard predicted this exact tie, so he will be now, now be known as Mystic Gusset. Palace's under-18 side were knocked out of the FA Youth Cup in the first round by Huddersfield Town at the John Smith Stadium. Eagles' opponents won the academy title last season and also reached the quarterfinals of the cup. Palace actually fielded a team comprised of six first-year scholars and can take half on positive display before eventually succumbing to a 2-0 defeat. Or a full match report can be found on the Palace website. This week saw Palace send a delegation headed by Eagles legend Mark Bright to Mumbai 
teaming up with Mumbai FC and Star Sports. The trial was organised for the most talented 12 young players in the region at an initial 350. Brighty announced on his Twitter account today who have won the, the play for Palace competition saying when 351 was chosen, delighted that our play for Palace competition went out his 15-year-old Druvmil uh, Pandya. And Gusset is, is going to be known as Split Gusset because he's done the off now. He ain't on till for three weeks, is he? That is true. Um, he can be really happy about how we pronounced his name there, isn't he, Joe? Drum, Druvmil, isn't it? Druvmil? Druvmil Pandya. That's well, good. Uh, it, it, there's an H there. Is it a silent H? It's got to be, isn't it? Anyway, that's the end of News in Brief. Oh, well, I guess we're back. I thought there was going to be an advert there for um, for the EaglesElement.com. But go to go to the EaglesElement.com. You could read some contributions from uh, from the likes of Mr. Alex White. Um, uh, Patrick O'Connor's on there, and I'm on there as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, at some point, someone's going to have to remind Tom to uh, press a button to stop the hiss that's in our ears and distracting us right now there we go there it goes everyone feels happy again right uh before we get before we get into the uh the crux of the show you <laughs> he actually put it back there he's, he's playing with me um i'll do a quick shout out to uh lucy white for her birthday yesterday she turned uh, an age that you can't tell um people out loud 30 um yeah well, sure he's got no <laughs> no decorum of you she did turn the big 3-0 which is still younger than you and me Joe. Um, yeah, right. and um, I think the highlight, the absolute highlight of the day for me yesterday, you know, it wasn't the best of games, which we'll talk about in a, in a moment, but seeing poor Damien Delaney just attacked, um, assaulted, <laughs> the, yeah. assaulted it, was, it was one of the most amazing moments I've ever seen, and there's some quality pictures of, um, of a very excited Lucy meeting Damien Delaney yesterday, so uh, obviously happy birthday for, for yesterday, me and Jill did join in the cele- celebrations ourselves, but we did say we'd, um, we'd give her a shout for that. Uh, I do have a recorded clip, but I'm not cruel enough to play it. For now, for now, it might come out at some point if uh, Lucy ever does anything to annoy me. But uh, yeah, I think we'll we'll keep what uh, what we managed to trick her into recording while drunk. Uh, a bit secret for now. Um, anyway, so uh, just a quick chat before we get into the game about the Mumbai Initiative. Joe mentioned in his wonderfully read piece in News in Brief. There, um, watched watched a couple of videos on, on that earlier on. Just want to sort of get the boys' feelings about that. It seems that there was a uh, like a, a sort of Barclays Premier League initiative out there overall, but we've we've got some ties with Mumbai FC over there, and I noticed Andre Moritz is now playing for them, um, which I'm pretty sure we might have mentioned on it before, but uh, he popped up on a video and surprised me um, uh, talking to Brighty out there, um, and they've, they've obviously yeah they've chosen a winner there. I think the group was said to be six, sixteen to nineteen year olds, and a fifteen year old won it, so he must be pretty good. Um, but I mean. India's a huge, huge country, and obviously cricket's the main sport there, but it seems insane to think that um, they're not producing top-quality players with that pool to choose from. Think it's a forward-thinking initiative, Alex? Yeah, I don't see why not. I'm sure it's a, a publicity sort of at heart, but um, yeah, I don't see why not. If there's a lot of people there, if we can get one that's half-decent, we'll take them. Mm. He's getting a, um, apparently it's a week's trial. He'll, he'll be a guest of honour at a match, and uh, and then basically, yeah, depend. I don't know if, if he gets on brilliantly, we'll keep him. I don't know how what the legality around that is or whatever. But uh, the general consensus seemed to be that he'll return and do work on coaching and all that sort of stuff out there after learning from the from the Palace staff. So, uh, 
I hope he, you know, I hope he turns up and he's he's better than you know he's sort of the best player in the academy and we we start something great. But it's nice to see Palace getting involved in these sort of initiatives and it's the sort of thing you have to do as a Premier League club. There we go. Anyway, um, I, I want to start. We, we've got an email in from a, a listener. It was actually a couple of days ago. Uh, David Cole, his name is, um, and it's a good place to sort of jump off the the, the chat today from. Um, so basically, yeah, he said this, dear panel. You're the panel, guys, all right? Uh, he said, yesterday's game was... Once... <laughs> yeah, you have, yeah, I heard yesterday. You were... Anyway. Um... <laughs> oh, it was me who said it, but yeah, anyway. So, uh, uh, yeah, yesterday's game was one of the most boring I've witnessed in many years. Currently, Palace are going through a period of having plenty of possession in good areas, but actually creating very few real chances. Against Villa, we overplayed in wide areas. Against Spurs, we had no one to finish, and yesterday, Stoke just snuffed out anything. Uh, when we reached their box. So my question is, what do each of you think is the missing link? Is it formation, lack of good crosses, or perhaps we need a different style, uh, sorry, different type of striker, perhaps all three, or something else? Uh, so it gives you all a chance to answer it. I'll, I'll, I'll go first, just to lead us in, because it's early in the show. Um, the easy answer is to say it's a combination of all those things, but I actually don't think, I, I think, I, I'm kind of agreeing with Neil Warnock at the moment, and I think it's it's a type of certain type of striker we need. Um, we need a, a real physical presence up there. The, the too often, you know, it's not just a case of a poor ball coming in from wide areas. It's not having the wide player has, you know, one option in the box. And it was telling for me that when MacArthur got forward yesterday, uh, we looked a lot, lot, lot more dangerous. And you know, because there was more than one person to pick out, and it puts the the opposition defence under a lot of pressure. So that's that's my feelings on it. And I'll give you a. I don't know who wants to go first. They probably told me. Uh, there you go, Jill. You could have had Frank Bruno up front yesterday, mate. He still would have got bashed up by Ryan Shawcross. <laughs> it wouldn't. It wouldn't matter. They're just, just a physical. We, we, we're not. We didn't play to our strengths yesterday, and our strengths were quite clearly when we put it on the floor and played round them. It was. It was. It was a completely different game. But what we did, I don't, I don't know whether the chat was beforehand. Let's go out and have a game of head tennis with them and lose. Because every uh, time we humped it up in the air, they they got on the ball. We're not. Yeah, it did see. I, 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 I just, let, let me just go. Let me just go. There was a certain irony as well, and I pointed it straight out to you that during a, a, a part of I think there was five or six headers, um, backwards and forwards to each other, and the person that actually got it down on the floor was the tallest person on the pitch, Crouch. He actually mm. controlled it, took it down, and then laid it off. I just thought we yeah. played into their hands yesterday. Oh, we we did to a point. I mean, we we do like we do like the long diagonal ball, and it's not a tactic that should be you know sniffed at because it's been very successful for a lot of teams. And if it's played well, which I noticed once in the first half, it was played particularly well and found Balassi. You know, if you play that ball accurately, it's a it's a totally acceptable way of playing. What makes it frustrating, particularly particularly for yourself yesterday, Joe, I noticed, is that when it's it's a hit and hope. You don't want a hit and hope. You never want that as as you know as a support. You mean a hoof team. I do mean a hoof, yeah, absolutely, it is. And you, you can I say you can play a long ball. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's got to be, it's got to be a long pass rather than a, you know, let's see if we can pick it up in that area. Having said that, if you are a limited team, and, and in some ways we can be, um, and you're under pressure, it's a better out ball than than giving it away like Scott Dan did the other week, I think. Um, so there you go. I mean, I just, I mean, obviously, it doesn't necessarily answer the, the question is what are we missing? So what? Do you think we're potentially missing, Joe? What what would change our team um, from what we're currently seeing? Uh, you, you know, I, I I think we need a 
I think I think firstly I think we need to play four four two. That's what I think. But we need what I called the right and bright and, and I thought we, we sort of had that with with Gail and dare I say it with Gail and Murray Go on, because say it. No, Murray. I, I, I think that's what we're missing. I, I, I can, you know, I'd love us to go out and spend 25 million quid on a striker and pay him 80 grand a week and know that he's probably is going to score goals with, with the service that he potentially could get. But I'm pretty sure that over the last three games, Murray would have stuck one of those away. I, re- I really do. I really, really do. And, you know, we've created a lot of chances. But I just I just thought yesterday our game plan you know, didn't seem to be a, a plan B. Um, mm-hmm. And that just it, and, and listen, this is the other thing as well is that when we pass the ball, we we're, we're not passing it with intent. If that sounds does that sound strange? The only one that passes it with any intent is well, no one did yesterday, and that's why most of our passes came through the middle were were uh, um, intercepted. But also is this floated ball. You've got a ping football, so you've got to hit them and, and, and hit them with purpose and not just keep throwing them up because, you know, Pudis built that team to be big and physical. And at the moment, the team that he built, tried to build at our place, is probably half as big and half as physical as Stokes. We just played into their hands. But we just, you know, we just, we really played, we played all right yesterday. Again, we played all right. But, you know, we switched off once, cost us a goal. Mm. Uh, yeah, um, that is true. That is, that's true. Um, Patrick, you've often got a um, you know a more balanced view watching it on TV because you don't get caught up in the emotion from the stands like Gel does. Um, that's <laughs> just point. my way of bringing you into this. Um, obviously, you're, well, what was what's your view? Certainly, first of all, answering the question, the question as as to what do you think we're missing to turn, you know, what have been as Gel quite rightly said, what have been decent enough performances. Um, what what are we missing to turn that? Is it as simple as getting a striker in? I'm not sure that it is. Um, the way that we play uh, with the three centre midfielders and the two wide players, I don't think can go to a four four two because it it would n- negate what we do very well, which is to be compact and defensively more sound. So I don't think a striker is what we need. I was watching obviously the the games today, the matches today, and I I don't notice anybody, especially Liverpool, playing with with more than one striker. Uh, no one does it anymore. It just doesn't no. seem to work as well. So I mean, I watched Liverpool play this morning with three midfielders up front, which is absolutely <laughs> ludicrous. And the tallest <laughs> player was Sterling's not even six feet tall. So um, I, yeah, I, I know you're, you're absolutely right, mate. Just to pick you up on that, we'll, we'll come, probably come back to it. But obviously, right. Joe's a, a big. Uh, um, What's the word? I was going to say. I can say something offensive, but he's a, a big advocate. There you go of um, you go. of the four four two formation. That is essentially, if you look up and down the leagues, it's, it's essentially a dead formation. The closest you get these days is what? like a four four one one up and down the leagues. It just doesn't happen. You you do get the occasional moment in a game where they might throw on a couple of play two strikers up, but it is essentially a, a formation exactly. that's no longer three, used. Three five two was dead, wasn't it? Until Barcelona started it, then they stopped. Then Man United stopped doing it. And then they stopped. Yeah, but at least right. Hull, Hull did it at the weekend. So, you know. Right. Hey, Hull, look, you know Hull. what I mean? It's, yeah, I, yeah. Go on, sorry, Patrick. Anyway, I did yeah, cut just, you off for the fourth. We'll no, that's okay. So going back to what you're saying, it, it, I think it really depends on what Joe was saying. It depends on the opponent. I mean, we'd like to play the ball on the floor, but unfortunately, us, the, the field we play on is just not conducive to playing the ball on the floor. We're, we're better set up to, to play counter-attacking um, football. Um, you know, I was watching a game yesterday, and uh, Daniel, is it Daniel Sturridge? Daniel uh, 
Dean Sturridge, Daniel Sturridge's uncle, did the play, uh, did the commentary over here, the uh, color commentary. Oh, okay. yeah. And he mentioned that on um, both teams play a similar style. They try to get behind the defenses as soon as quickly as possible, which is very true. So for us, we try to you know get Zaha and Balassi, you know, get the ball, turn, go, and then get guys in the box. So could we do better with a with a with a more clinical striker? I would say yes, but I'm going to be honest and say that I don't think that you can blame any of our strikers this year for not scoring goals because we don't create that many chances. The only person yeah. I would I would blame would be Shamak because he just doesn't want to shoot the ball at all. But no, Gale that's... and Gale and Campbell will will score if you give them chances. They haven't had that many. Obviously, you could point to one or two glaring ones that Campbell's missed in the past, but it's not like we could say, "Oh my God, he's missed like twenty chances this year." We don't create that many, and Shamak right. won't shoot the ball. So I think if we can create more chances, we will score. Whether that comes from the forward, the midfielder, we're going to score. But we just have to keep creating the chances. For me, again, I'll go back to what I was saying earlier. People say, "Oh, we're not creating enough chances," so the wing players have got to cross better, or all this sort of stuff. I still don't think we have enough in the box. And I, th- I think it's too easy to shut out our strike, you know, our striker, you know. And uh, to be honest, Neil Waller has been saying it in the press. He's been saying that he's been on at Ledley and MacArthur to to just get in the box and get more goals and get amongst it. And you know, like I said, you saw that with MacArthur yesterday. It made a huge difference him getting forward and you know actually running beyond the back four because it it gives more space up there. And like you say, perhaps with someone who's a bit more keen to shoot than Marouane Shamak leading the line, it it might create a bit more. Uh, Alex, you've been quiet, obviously. Uh, go on, yeah. no, go on, Patrick. Respond to that. We'll come back to you in a sec. Just real quick is that, um, you know, think about MacArthur. MacArthur had our best chances yesterday. He had the headed goal. He had the, the great pass from Balassi that he almost scored on. So, again, if he push him forward, we'll get better chances. That's what I want to add, that, that one part. Go Sorry, on. Alex. That's right. No, I, I just think tactically it was, it was very wrong for me. Uh, we almost played, we almost started at home without a natural striker. Marin Schumach we know does his best work outside of the box. It doesn't take doesn't take a genius to work that. It doesn't take a it takes a Sunday league manager to work out that that's where he's best. So we we started with three in midfield at home against Stoke, and I just think that's so negative. I agree that that McJedley, as as Patrick likes to call it, is is good when you're when you're playing Spurs away. I, I think that's fine. But when you, you flatter teams like Stoke so much, we proved yesterday, Villa, these teams, they're so average. They are so, so average. And these are the teams we've got to beat. Beating Liverpool's a bonus, bonus three points for us. We have to beat the teams against us. Not really. They're crap these days. <laughs> OK, but, but the teams that are going to be in relegation with us, we have to beat. And we can't. And, and we can't set up in a home game without a central forward. It's just, it, it's yeah, see, just completely beyond me. Yeah, See, I, mean, I totally disagree with what you're saying about Schmack. And, and, and to suggest it's the manager's fault and, and mention Sunday League manager, I think it's a little bit... Uh, you know, it's a little bit facetious of you, but that's your opinion. It is, it is totally disrespectful in a lot of ways because Maran Schumach, you know, it's not like he's never played up front until he joined us. He had, he didn't do anything other than play up front, you know, he, and he's effectively was a target man. And the idea, if you listen to what was being said in, in the, the For Arsenal, press conferences afterwards, where he didn't yeah, do yeah. anything. Uh, I wouldn't say he didn't do anything. <laughs> I wouldn't say that at all if you looked at his early career at Arsenal before uh, he got injured and Robin van Persie came back. But we're not talking about Arsenal. We're not Arsenal fans. Um, I totally agree in a Palace shirt, he, you know, he has produced his best work in that number 10 role. That doesn't mean he suddenly can forget the entire rest of his career you know, as a professional footballer and not play up top. And he's there for one reason and one reason alone. The same reason we had Cameron Jerome on, on on loan last season. It's physical presence up front. Dwight Gale doesn't offer it. Fraser Campbell doesn't offer it. Um, and you know, and and Glenn Murray might, but he's not at the club. Um, he certainly didn't offer any sort of pace up on the bat line. But he was, you know, he's a clever player. But you know, what we have at the club are two short strikers 
um, who are who can work hard and can put pressure on, and we have we have Marouane Schmack who can play deep and link play, or he can play up top as a target man, uh, and that's the system we're playing at the moment. And who's well, it clearly isn't effective because we're not we're not scoring enough goals of late. Um, Gel, go on. I got so much can on my head at the moment. Right, firstly, I, 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 the point I just put I put it a couple of times in the chat already is that not once, not one single time in 90 minutes when Speroni had the ball yesterday, did he throw the ball out to a left or right back. And the reason being is because when Speroni got the ball in his hands, not once did they offer. I watched. Not once did they offer. Now that, again, and I can be, I'll be disrespectful, that is schoolboy. That is absolute schoolboy. Every single, every single Premier, League, Premier League side that you could watch any other game, right, this weekend... As soon as their goalkeeper got it, he would have been given an option to throw it to. And Speroni wasn't. Kelly had his head down, was just walking back towards the halfway line. And the same with Wald. Not once did they pull out wide. That is, that is, that is absolutely schoolboy. When your goalkeeper gets ball in hand, to not give two options, left or right. Because straight away, it puts the, 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 your opponents on the back foot. Because I don't know, if you actually go to the touchline, they, they, you're spreading their midfield completely. It throws them. It, it, that's massive, schoolboy. I, I just get, I, I get frustrated in we not doing the simple things right. Yeah, I understand what you're saying, Patrick. You wanted to go on. You yeah. To, so, go on. so Joe, the, the thing that I'm noticing is that um, we've got you know a right back and left back, and we've got a centre back for all intents and purposes playing right back, and they're not comfortable on the ball. If you watch Kelly and Ward, they don't want the ball. It's not that Junior doesn't want to give them the ball. It doesn't make sense giving it to a player who's going to lose the ball. So I know what you're saying, but our best passes are two centre backs, our central midfielders, and probably our outside players. Not to, not to that extent, but to pass to roll the ball out to those two wouldn't make any sense, Joe. They don't want the ball, and they're not comfortable with the ball. If you watch Joel Ward, he cuts the ball back on his right foot every single time he's playing on the wrong side of the field. Kelly yesterday had a had a nightmare of a game, whether it was the pitch or. Who he's playing against, he just played really poorly. So I don't see the point in Jules rolling the ball out to those guys. I know what you're saying; it is something they should be learning at, at a different level. But it's just not going to it's not going to work for our fullbacks. It's just but, not. We're not going to be playing Champions League or in Europe, Patrick. This is the, the highest that they're ever going to play. <laughs> this is the Premier League. We're supposed to be the nuts in this country. They're in, they're playing in the Premier League against players on hundred, two hundred, some of them. Whatever, two hundred and fifty, three hundred thousand pound a week. These are these are people that are playing at the pinnacle. They some of these players that are at the pinnacle of their career, but because they won't be at our club next year, the only way will be down for all our thirty odd year old players. This is the pinnacle. If you're not comfortable with, if you're just comfortable hoofing, then I'm afraid, and I've gone record of saying this: you ain't you ain't for us. Because we need to have aspirations yeah. about trying to be a better team. And to be a better team, you need to be a better player. To be a better player, you'll try and play better football. Joe, you're, you're ab- Joe, 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 can we come in on that? You're absolutely right in terms of if, if you want to be we want to be a better team, you've got to have you know a back four that's comfortable on the ball and comfortable receiving the ball under pressure and right. you know pass their way out. And I know that's what you want to see because you spent an entire game shouting about it yesterday. But <laughs> you've also got to deal with reality. You can't click your fingers and make these people you know, fantastic footballers with both feet who are who can't be targeted and put under pressure. You know, what 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 if you know what if they try and play? Well, look, take Scott Dan the other week against Villa. Effectively, cost us cost us a game, didn't he? There you just go. By, just by trying game. to dri- trying to dribble past a player like like Ben Teke. I'm, I'm not, I'm <laughs> so not so talking about that. You so, know, you know that wasn't like that, Chris. No, you know that wasn't like that. Ben Teke was too close to him when he received the ball. The thing is. It, 
It, it doesn't work. Every other team does it. Every other team accepts us. No, no, no. Even Stoke did it to us. Wow. They left, they left and no. the right. Look, no, no, right, and they've got right, better right. players than us, haven't they? Do you want to? You want to tell me that every single time? You know, I understand what you're saying tactically. It'd be great to have an option, but let's let's not put ourselves under pressure from the off either. Okay, what you we know? do? We put ourselves under pressure. What we do? Give the ball to Spironi. He hoofs it down the field. Shawcross heads it to their midfield, and then well, that's it. One, that doesn't happen, didn't happen every time, did it? Let's not go yeah, from one, let's not go one extreme to another. I'm agreeing that it'd be nice tactically to have different options and for, you know, for, to not hit it long every time. But having said that, you know, let's have, let's have a look across the season. If you've got, if you've got the stats to look at how we've scored our goals, maybe, maybe all of our goals have come from winning the knockdown, winning the percentage pass in the channels, maybe, you know, getting the ball out quick to Yannick and Wilfall. Punching, mate. That's probably the best way we attack, isn't it? Getting the ball out quick there. Well, what you know? Do we do that know, by playing from across this season? Uh, we've, I would say I would say everything that we've you know the best work best games that we've done uh, where we've scored have come from good wide play generally from Yannick he's been man of the match in the games that we've won so getting the ball out to him makes sense what if we're ineffective at doing that by rolling it out and putting our fullbacks under pressure immediately you know you've got to play I totally agree yesterday that we needed to do something different than to give it to a strong defense that could win every header you know I, I was totally infuriating but let's not try and claim that this is every single game like that because then that's when you get into ridiculous extremes of people arguing and about it, things and, it, and it's not that don't happen but it's not but what I'm saying is that that's not exactly what happened yesterday they didn't offer themselves once and of all the games where we shouldn't have been playing hoofball was yesterday because that's the, they do that. They go try. Oh, what we're going to do tomorrow? I'll tell you what we'll do. Whack it up in the air and see who can smash this skull in by heading it. All these geezers, they're, they're all going to die in their 60s through brain damage, red in football. <laughs> all the Stoke players. Yeah, Joe, but you, you, under, you, you know, you're not an idiot. You've watched football before and you understand that it doesn't come as a direct instruction every time, does it? You know, Neil Warnock's not standing there going, guys, just. Keep on oofing it. Just keep on oofing it up the channel continuously. I know it's not working, but keep doing it. You know, what you've got to remember is it, it comes from the players as well. Um, and the players, you know, they played, you played it around quite nice a couple of times. Even, you know, you saw it yourself. You know, there was, was a bit of possession football across the black back four at times. But, you know, which, where which we actually... Which is what? Which is, which is when, when we got the was, ball back, when we played it back from midfield, then played it across the back yeah, four, yeah. which proves our players, when they have got time, are comfortable on the ball. Yeah, yeah, so under no, press, under no pressure. Why did he hoof it? But under Why no pressure, he... because it's a different phase of play, isn't it? Because you've got... Because when Speroni's got the ball, generally speaking, it's because Stoke have been attacking. So they've got their attacking players at the back. You know, attacking players putting pressure on the back four. Anyone can receive a ball under no pressure, but under pressure, that's where it's different. Anyway, we're Bogart in the entire show. Patrick, go on. No, I just wanted to add some ch um, chat room uh, comments, which are actually right on topic. Um, Booty Eagle mentioned that Jules have never been a goalie to throw the ball out. Um, Susmik says perhaps Neil has told him to fill up the field. Uh, Gilberto has mentioned that um, I think Warden, to a lesser extent, Kelly are the most least capable of receiving it and looking for a, an option. So that's kind of what I was saying. Again, I just don't think like, we are capable of rolling the ball out to our fullbacks at this point. Mm -hmm. I, I think I look. I mean, I, you know, I'm playing devil's advocate to a point because I actually agree with Joe that we need better options um, rather than just kicking it upfield. I was just as angry and frustrated about it yesterday as, as he was. But you know, I'm, I think the point that you're making is a sound is a sound one. Quite quite frankly, you you know, we haven't got the team that some of our some of our supporters want us to have yet. 
You know, we're some we're some way short of it. That's why we're, we're where we are in the league. And I don't think drawing one one with Stoke is that bad a result, personally. I mean, the entire Twitter world seems to have fallen to pieces, but um, I thought it was actually pretty pretty decent. But let's let's get into a bit more of a you know just to change change uh, direction really. Um, I want to talk about a little bit about our goal. Uh, we talked about it earlier about MacArthur getting forward. Um, it was a bit of watching it back. I mean, at the time in the stands, from right up the back, where everyone thought it was Shamaka who'd headed it. Um, but yeah, seeing MacArthur get up there, and I know he'd been challenged a little bit by Neil Warnock to to get forward and score. And you know, that's it's his first Palace goal. Probably came off his shoulder actually, but um, yeah, it was, it was it was good to see. But again, that that came from sort of from wing play. Um, that was a very positive moment. Uh, Alex, I mean, you know. And the goal had it really been coming, or you know, you know, was it what we deserved at the time? To be honest, most of the game, Chris, we were we were reasonably dominant. It was just literally we got it into the final third, and we were creative that one time, and we scored from it. And it proves that you know, Yannick, I've you know, I haven't haven't been his biggest fan this season. I think most people know that, but he got his head down and whipped the ball in, managed to beat the first man, and it proves it, doesn't it? It proves if you can get a good delivery, you'll score goals in this division. And fair play to MacArthur for getting up there and, and, and doing that. It was it was a good goal, and it probably come in at the time, um, but it does just prove for me there that Yannick, if you get your head down and, and do your basics right, he'll be absolutely mm. fine. He put a couple of decent balls in from from the left hand side yesterday. I, I, you know, quite early on, he hit a cross with his left foot as one of the certainly one of the best crosses I've seen him put in. A, you know, in, in his time at the club. Um, yeah, it, it's, we can definitely get the delivery in for sure. Um, you know, I just think I think the biggest thing for me to learn from that from that opening goal was was just basically getting more bodies in the box. And gambling and putting a bit—that's what people want to see, really. That's what you know. Why we get frustrated because you know you you want the urgency, and we can play with a bit of urgency if you like, and get up, you know, have Yannick Skinner fall back or Wilf Skinner fall back or punch and slowly meander past a full back, and you know we can get the ball in there, but you, know, you just can't just aim at one person, um, Alex. You know you're talking about wingers swapping, and Yannick and, and Wilf do that a bit. Yeah, I was I was just mystified why they swapped. Like I, I'm, I I I agree that that wingers should swap and mix it up if it's not going their way, switch around. But they almost seem to be doing it for the sake of it at times. Like Janik beat his man all day yesterday, um, and he was running. A, I think it was I don't know if it's Phil Bardsley they had it right back, but he beat him all day long, all day long. And then they just started to swap. And I thought, why why on earth would you do that? He's having so much success down that left side. That's where we scored the goal. And and they sort of just I, I, it was just beyond me. I just wanted to know everyone's sort of opinions on on perhaps why why they sort of carried on swapping when it, it didn't really make sense to do so. Um, I'm with you, Alex. I don't know why they do it so often. I noticed that when Punchin and Blassie are playing together, they don't switch that often. So I think uh, Punchin definitely is more comfortable on the on the right side, cutting in with his left foot. But I think maybe because uh, Yannick and Wilf are both right-footed, they want to kind of give a different look. But um, it was it, it was interesting because even at one point yesterday, I think a few minutes, they were both on the same side of the field. Because I remember actually on the goal... The goal came from a pass from from Zaha to Balassi, who then crossed it from the left hand side. So maybe it's something they're trying to te- 
it's a tactical that's a little different than uh, usual. So, but again, I agree. I don't know why they they switch so much. I think it's better to you're destroying a player, just keep destroying the player. Don't give him somebody else to look at. So, I can uh, remember on this show people talking about how annoyed they were that the wingers weren't swapping not too long ago. <laughs> I remember <laughs> that too, actually. It's funny <laughs> enough. So, um, I know. I I I think it's a good observation that when um you know when one wing is having an awful lot of success, you should probably keep him in the same spot, but. You know, Yannick, um, Yannick and Wilf, they don't just swap. Sometimes they, they double up on the same wing. Um, but Wilf, he's still not quite there, is he, confidence-wise. So, um, you know, I'd have liked to have seen him when, rather than swapping, I'd like to have seen him get a bit more central. Uh, if we, you know, if Yannick's having all the success down the left, we should push it out to the left. Just bring Wilf in, in into the middle, try and get him in the box, try and get him, you know, in behind the, behind the forward and just see what damage he'll do there while he's doing it. I was going to say that, Chris. Actually, that sorry, Patrick. That that playing oh, will centrally could actually be an option. I, 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 it's actually something that I really want to see if he could sort of. It's obviously tough because you, when you play even Shamak and and MacArthur and that sort of behind the striker, they sort of defend a bit more um, than than Wilf would. But if you could get him a bit of space, he will tear it up. He will, and it will create so much more space for wingers. Surely. Mm. Yeah, Alex, um, you know, I know you're a big advocate of the whole Zaha up the middle. And actually, I think he's played his best match was the Newcastle when he came on, uh, you know, the first game he returned and, and scored the goal, obviously. I think he's played his best game through the middle. And I think with Shamak's injury, which we'll talk about later on, I think with him being injured, it might be an opportunity now to play Punch and Zaha and Balassi and have Wolf maybe play up the middle more. So, But I don't oh, want to see him up front by himself, though. I'd like to see him behind the strike, obviously. Yes, yeah, white. absolutely. That was his best game in the middle, up front. Yeah, uh, it was. I'm talking about in the Premier League, but you're absolutely right, Joe. It was that was the best match ever. <laughs> no By doubt. the way, Alex, stop stealing stuff that I said weeks ago. Right? <laughs> trying, to it, trying to make yourself look good. I knew that was coming. <laughs> um, bit, Joe, if I'd known you'd said it, I wouldn't have said it. Because <laughs> I just uh, disagree with whatever you say. It's one of a uh, it's one of a whole radio staples is to go back to Wilf and talk about him, you know, really? playing up, up front. <laughs> we, we do like to talk about it and we do like you know, I always talk about when he had a spell of about four or five games where in, in, it was only in a season it's his first proper season i think when he started the game uh against leicester was it in the opening day yeah. and scored and then and then towards the end of the season started about three or four games up top and i think he was he had four like something like five goals in four games as a forward um it just yeah it's one of those things you just think yeah he could he could do that job but you know he's he's not exactly a you know weak lad he, you know he's got a little bit of strength but does he have in, enough in him to play a lone striker role and hold the line i think back to a game he played against wolves where he pretty much won the game for palace on his own doing exactly that you know back to goal but pushing yeah. defense turning and, and shooting brilliantly uh well worth a, a quick sort of google and check those goals out on youtube because yeah he it, he showed that day that he can do that, but whether or not he can do that in his current state of form and confidence, I'm not too sure because he's still not looking quite the player he uh, he should be. I do I do wonder what the Man United you know what Man United have done to him. I think that was a topic of discussion at, uh, you know after the game, um, sort of in the pub and what have you. It's just it's a real shame to see him uh, not quite you know reaching the levels we thought he would. Anyway, uh, the goal against came pretty quickly after um, the goal scored. It's um, it's something that can happen in football. You take, you sort of take your mind off it, um, and we were actually in a really dangerous position. Almost get, you know, almost getting a second goal ourselves, and it was just a complete switch off. I've had a look at it a few times now, and I still can't work out why Hangland and Dan are out. On, in, you know, in 
uh, wide, basically. And Martin Kelly's sort of on the penalty spot trying to mark two players. And the only nearest player to him is Jedinak coming back into the back four. I can't work out how we get, got into such a bad position. Any ideas, anyone? Well, being, I, I, being, go ahead, sorry, Patrick. Being, being one that we were literally there, what happened was Balassi tried to whip that ball and didn't he tried to do exactly what we'd done before to score that goal. And we, we grew in confidence and we were starting to get out of Stoke and you thought, you know, we can stick two or three past this lot and this, and this will be our sort of turnaround. But the ball's come back at us and we, we were so high at 1-0 up. And then when it went one all, we got even deeper. It was just... It was completely beyond me. Everything that we were good at last year, this sort of defensively, is just gone. Surely it's just that that discipline there that that would have been more organised and Dan and Hanglin are being dragged out because the fullbacks aren't there and it just didn't. It was just so frustrating to see, especially once you've just scored. Because the first thing you do, you just make sure you're solid, don't you, when you go one 0 up? But uh, it's, it's bound to happen, wasn't it? We we tend not to do it, but. Sorry, I, I was just childishly laughing at the um, innuendo in what you said there. That's another clip for you later on. Um, I won't bring it up now, but anyway. Uh, so, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. We, 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 did, we just lost our discipline at the back. I think that's what it was. And you, you might point to us not doing that under Tony Pulis. There's plenty of games we did. I was did just about to say that. Pulis. Do you know what I mean? Go on, go on, Joe. No, I was just about to say that. Exactly. Facetiously, though, because yeah. I hate <laughs> references to Pulis. Yeah. Greedy Pulis. <laughs> yeah. Look, we did some, some great defensive work under him, but like I say, there was plenty of games where defensive errors were made. You know, 3-2 against Everton, you know, is, is was a result we got under both managers. So, you know, that's the kind of thing I'm thinking about. Anyway, I don't dwell on that too much, but look, we... Actually, go on, Patrick. You wanted, you wanted to say something. Yeah, just based on the goal, I mean... Obviously, like, you know, you guys analyze it as far as we were pushing forward, we got caught on the counter, why was Hangland and Dan White? But the truth of the matter is, it was a lucky goal. If that Bojan cross doesn't deflect, Crouch never gets that ball. And that's yeah. the thing I, I want to point to. Sometimes it's just not bad defending, it's just bad luck. And I think in that goal was bad luck because the rest of the game, we did not play def- bad defensively at all. We played very well. In fact, Mark Hughes. He's standing like free, he said, though. I understand that part, um, Alex. Again, that's because, as Chris mentioned, uh, um, Ward's caught, got caught upfield. Dan went over to help him. Hangman thought he could come over and maybe uh, double up and maybe block the cross. It comes across. It, it deflects. Uh, Kelly goes into Mark. I think it was Diouf made a great run to the near post. He has to go with that player and crouches by himself. The truth is, Jedi should have came back, but like it, it happens. I mean, you can't defend perfectly for ninety minutes. So I think people are getting caught up on that goal. It wasn't a bad play. It was just we got caught. I don't think, and I think it was very bad luck. I really don't. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It was a, it was a bad defensive play. It was just, at that point, it was a, we were pushing for the second goal, like you guys said. Mm. We got caught on the break and it was just unlucky. 
That was I it. Think, you didn't get called like that for the rest of the game. I think a defensive decision that you call a bad decision is only, is, you know, it's only a bad decision when something when comes of it, isn't exactly. it? You know what I mean? Um, exactly. You're right. It was it was luck that the ball landed at the feet of Crouch. It from really a, was. It a really was. Shot. But yeah. but at the end of the day, he's still he's a player. He's a he's the main striker, if you like, for Stoke, and he's left unmarked in the penalty area. So you've got to ask questions. But like you say, it's funny the decisions that were made. You can you can make a logical case for like you say having. Um, the two centre backs go out and try and close down the cross when Ward was caught out. You can make a case for for Kelly being the right in the right place and doing the right thing, and you know, and and being unlucky. But right, you know, a bit more organisation, and, and maybe that doesn't happen. But like, or or maybe it does. Maybe Kelly is marking Crouch. Jednak has got back, and Crouch still heads it into the net. You don't know. Exactly, do you? it's yeah. a great goal. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a frustrating thing though to 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 basically to to make good on on a bit of possession. Um, and applying a bit of pressure, get yourselves one nil ahead. And I think the thing with that game, because it became such a turgid, soulless, <laughs> demoralising affair by the end, <laughs> that the thing is that game. If we'd if we'd maintained that lead up until half time, it's a different second half. You know, they they have to open out and they have to try and get back into it. And I think we'd have, I think we'd have gone on to win comfortably. But that's happening at the moment. You look at our last. What is it? Must be five games now, where we've. We basically could arguably say we should have won them all, um, and you can't keep doing that. And, and yeah, someone's... woulda, coulda. Mm. Yeah, you can't. You can't have. You can't keep doing that. As much as I, I'm sitting here and I say we've done, I think we've played really, really well. I think we played as well as we've done last season. People will slag me off for that. Yeah, right, Joe in the kitchen there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> people will slag me off for uh, for saying I think we've played as well as we did last season for for the last five games, but I genuinely believe that. I, I think we've been really, really good and unlucky and all those things, but it's still ultimately it's still not good enough to get to have the points total we've got. On that topic, I will actually I'll bring that up later on. I, I will do. Uh, I'll come back to that. It's a really good post on the BBS earlier today that um, that made me think quite clearly about all this. But look, I mean. Beyond beyond the goals that were scored, the the other two real chances, um, oh sorry, I mean, McArthur had another chance that was actually well saved in the first half, but then that was pretty much it. And the second half, you could really sum it up in just saying a chance at either end. You had Crouch, which was a Hollywood save from Spironi towards the end of the game, um, and then you had you had McArthur uh, who sort of drilled a shot to the to Begovic's right, and he just sort of tipped it round the post low down, and that was it. Um, and it's a real shame. And I think both managers said it. It was it totally cancelled each other out. We we couldn't get anything past their defence. They couldn't get anything past our defence. Um, I think it had been. I don't know. A, a lot of people seem a lot angrier and more frustrated than I was. And I, I don't really know why that was as such. But um, do you know what, Chris? I'm, I think the biggest. Sorry for interrupting you. The biggest thing about people being frustrated is that yes, we've played well, and I'll hold my hands up and say we at times we played really well. Spurs away, we we're fantastic. Yesterday, we you know we probably had enough enough in the game to win it, but we've won one game in ten. And to see you play so well and not get the results, at the end of the day, this is a results business, and and we want to win football matches. And if we don't, I think most of the time we have every right to be disappointed. Hmm. I think that's that's a fair point, and the one win in ten is a horrible statistic, isn't it? Because however well you play, if that's if that's your statistic at the end of it, you know you're you're in trouble, really. Um, and it's, I mean, obviously Leicester are uh, seemingly a poor team, um, you know, and oh, you could sort of Burnley beat Southampton yesterday, but you know, down the bottom of the table, there's there's a few teams that I think we're we can comfortably say we're better than, 
You know, there's, oh, certain... there's, there's probably four or five teams worse yeah. than us in this division, man for man. Definitely yeah. there is. But um, that doesn't mean you're going to finish above them, does it? If you no, can't, not. can't do the right things at the, at the right time. Joel's uh, pointing out, I think you, one of us said at the end of the day, possibly you, possibly me, don't know. Bad times, bad times. Um, I don't like a cliche. Okay, we, we, have, we have a Norwich-esque running, by the way, if you've we seen really our running. It's yeah. horrific, our running. If we're not safe, we've five games to go. We'll be fine, Joe. We'll be fine. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, that was, uh, I mean, that, you closed that conversation down pretty quickly there, Patrick. <laughs> thought, thought got some I, and, I'll t- and I'll tell you why, Chris. I, I don't think you can look that far ahead. I totally agree. And I'm sure Norwich, in retrospect, is saying if we only had more points before those last five games, we've stayed up. But we've got to look at it a little bit more short term. Obviously, we'll look at it um, from now to the transfer window as far as getting some points and then obviously getting some players in. But I. I can't worry about the, the last five games of the season right now, but I do understand what you guys are saying. You make a very good point. Everyone's saying it. We're not getting enough points right now. We've got to win more matches, etc., etc. But I'm not going to worry about you know that right now. I think we're playing well. And again, we uh, no. I think the point to that BBS. Um, I think it's the same one I read too. I think it's come down a lot of it. We're not getting a lot of luck this year, and hopefully that will turn soon. Um, I'll talk a little bit about some individual performances. In fact, I mean, I'm just sort of picking up on a couple of things that's been said on Twitter. That's at HOL Radio. Um, uh, Steve Urban Carper was saying that Punchin's having a shock, a waste of time bringing him on. Bannon has to be given a chance. Um, you know, whether that's harsh on, on, on Punchin or not, I think we've probably had that debate over and over. But Bannon had five minutes on, on the pitch and very hard to get up to speed there. But he's someone that um, quite a lot of fans, myself included, have got an awful lot of time for as a player. Um, is it time to give him a chance? And I mean, out wide sort of seems to scream for an option because we're all about talking about delivery. And particularly, he's, he's, you know, he's, a good, he's good on set pieces as well. And I don't think he's going to force anyone out centrally. Um, but if we set a case to play him out on, on, the, on the right, cutting in on his left or on the left, you know, delivering across and get Balassi out on the right. What, what do you reckon, Joe? Um, no, I, I want him to play, but I can't. He can't take the pace of uh, uh, the place of Balassi. Um, what about on the right-hand side, taking Wolf's place if Wolf's not up to it? Listen, I said something to you yesterday, and I, know, I, 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 it was really, I don't know whether they're left-back. I, I don't know who he is, and I don't really care who he is, the Stoke left-back, <laughs> but unless he was ridiculously fast... Um, I didn't think Wilf looked, looked like, I don't know, he looked quite slow yesterday. He, he, he couldn't beat him down the line. He tried two or three times and didn't get past him. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I just get very frustrated. Do, with. Do we, per, do we persevere with Wilf, though? Do we keep giving him games? Because we know he can sometimes take a bit of time to get fully up to speed. And I've been saying for a while now, I think he... You know, thinking he's five to ten games starting on the bounce to re- to eat to see if he can get back to the level he was Further at the way through the season, don't we? You know, yeah. if you ain't up to speed now and he ain't fit, then then we got to, you know, he just has to be. We got to boot him out of the side. That's what we got to do. Get him completely away from it. Um, listen, Wilf's Wilf. You never know what he's going to do one game to the to the next. But it's safe to say that he he doesn't look like the Zaha that we had. Before he went to Man United, I, I really yeah. don't know. I don't, you know, maybe he's grown up a bit. Maybe he's got, maybe he's he's, he's had a change of, of attitude, of, of of got harder, or I I really don't, I can't, I don't know. 
the Wolf that I knew, you know, was the innocent kid who just played football for fun, mugged people and just enjoyed his football. Now he doesn't, to yeah. be honest with you, he doesn't. He, he walks around with a scowl on his face. He throws his arms up in the air. looks very frustrated. He's, um, he's but, always had a, a bit of bit of that about him. I can remember his debut coming off the bench playing up front and everyone was likening him to to Wrighty or to, to Clinton for the fact that he was straight away moaning and angry with himself and angry with other people. He's always had that little edge to his game. I think, if anything, he's... You know he's trying to pl- approach the game in a more mature manner, and and I think you're right in that he's not got a smile on his face anymore. And I think if you look at Yannick, I think that's what Wilf needs to do. Yannick's almost laughing in hysterics every time he runs up the wing, like and trying ridiculous tricks and getting past people. You know he he still plays, you know, like it's the playground or it's you know game down five side of his mates and. I think Wilf was exactly what you're getting at. Wilf was best when he was like that as well. Um, and I think the move has changed him, and he's been forced to change because he's been forced to adapt to a big club mentality. And you know, this is your job. You will do this. You will do that. You you know, you're representing Manchester United. Blah 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 blah. But then, but then and I think it's totally it wrong. But if it didn't happen, you can actually see now why he's back with us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, maybe maybe you know that was him at his best and. He is not. He's not going to kick on, and that's yeah. and that might be why. You know, um, I don't yeah. know. Maybe Patrick can offer something on. Well, we on. got we got Alex. Alex got in there first. Go on now. No, I just think the biggest thing with Wilf is that always people have criticised from not from Palace but from the outside is his defensive work. They've always said, "Oh, you know, he's going to have to get back and do more defending." And I literally think that's one of the the biggest things that probably Manchester United said to him. And I think it's probably one of the biggest reasons he never got into that side because you look at Balassi and you look at Wilf when when we were in the championship, our fullbacks were so good that year, left back and right back, that we just we didn't they didn't have to worry about what was behind them. They could go on, enjoy their game, keep bombing on because they knew whatever they did Behind him was covered and safe, and you've always I always feel as if Will has that in the back of his mind that he's uncomfortable doing that, and he's uncomfortable thinking that he has to think about the game differently because Balassi and, and Will they they don't they don't necessarily think about what they're going to do that you know they just do it and 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 hope for the best and see what happens and and play for fun, but always tactically in the back of his mind I feel that's holding him back I I don't know I don't think, I just think it's one of those things that there's always been this stigma that he doesn't do the defensive work and maybe that started to get to him. He did actually did some really good defensive work yesterday. I noticed he, you know he was really digging in right almost right back on on his own sort of goal line out wide if you know what I mean the sort of right on the on the touch line. And that's something I hadn't actually seen from him before, and it's something that I expected him to have to do under Neil Warnock. Um, but you know, Warnock's shown with Balassi that he's he's quite prepared for the wide players to to express themselves and to try things. Um, but you know, he's he's almost sort of saying to them, "Go out there, don't mind if you lose it, but if you lose it, you must get it back." And I think Will's probably had too much said to him of late. He's had too you know too much, you know, he's he's got too much to think about. Um, when he almost played better without thinking at all. It's, it's a strange one. Go on, Patrick. Yeah, I'd like to see Wolf just get like a set of games, maybe from now until um, the new year. I don't think he, he just he really hasn't had a, a decent stretch of games. I know Joe's saying what well, he should have, you know, be up to par by now, but I just think that he's he's he has glimpses in in a few matches, especially a couple of matches ago. You know, played Wilwood against Spurs and before that even. Um, but I think if we take him out of the lineup now for Bannon, I think that's going to really uh, set him back uh, away. We might not even get him back. So I think I'd like to see him get a, a good run now. I'd like to see Bannon maybe come in a little early off the bench um, 
as opposed mm. to getting in like yesterday. I mean, to, to, to judge punching and, and ban on yesterday is, is disgraceful because they were in the game for like five minutes or, you know, whatever it was. They weren't in the game long enough to really give, you know, give them a fair, fair share, especially Bannon particularly came in really late. So yeah. I think Bannon can, can do certain things, but I think he needs to, you know, to maybe come in the matches a little earlier. But as far as Wolf is concerned, just give Wolf four or five more starts and see where he is. And if that doesn't work out, then obviously we'll have to make a change. Okay. Can we afford to do that though, Patrick? Can we um, afford to do five games of of, a, of not top form? Then a day of the Premier League, five games, Lacazette not winning games, and can we afford to do that? Well, it, it depends. I mean, uh, it's not like we're on a, we haven't lost five in a row right now, I and mean, we haven't won in ten. One in ten. I understand that part. I don't like Wolf is costing us matches, so I mean, you know, he could it, inspire us to to a win. So I don't see why we can't give him a few it's, matches. It's more what's it's more what's the alternative? If you say can we give him five five matches, you'd have to say are we are we handicapping ourselves in those five matches by not letting someone else in? Punching had been in terrible form. I think right. it's fair to say. So it's it's have we actually got a better option than a you know than a okay not a hundred percent firing Wilf? Right? But is he still the best option we've got? And it's worth the risk to try and get him firing hundred percent by you know in in the next sort of few games. I think that's where we got to go with it really. Doing a lot of agreeing in the chat there, Joe. <laughs> I agree, I agree, I agree. I agree, I agree, I agree. He's got no further comment to make on that. I suspect he's eating dinner and he's on mute, and that is the reason why we're not hearing much from Mr. Ice Hogan cream. Leave me alone. Ice cream, you do love your ice cream. I oh. do. <laughs> <laughs> Classy. Um, I want to talk a bit about MacArthur. We've 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 done the sort of the Wilf thing, and I, I do think that you know, we've we've got to give him a couple more games just to see see if we can do it. But MacArthur was an interesting one. Um, I thought his passing was well off initially. He, he kept playing the ball behind players, um, putting us on the back foot. But you know, I think he was almost he's almost a little bit too keen early on. He he was clearly fired up for the game, and it was it's interesting to hear him and both him and Neil Warnock talk about the fact that there'd been that little joke about when, when Eddie scored any and this season, and um, and his reply was, "Yeah, he'd scored one, but it was for Wigan." And just a little bit of sort of a uh, little bit of just sort of mind games almost from Warnock just to get him thinking about getting forward. And it was a fine display again. He's a, he's a terrific player because, and especially when he's doing the box to box thing that he did yesterday, he hasn't really done that tremendously in a Palace shirt. But I think he showed yesterday that that's, that's something that we can look for him to do. We really do need box to box players in the centre alongside Jednak because, you know, he's not, he's, he's our top scorer, Jednak. And, you know, we've got to have some other people chipping in. So Joe Ledley and James McCarthy, if that's if that's the midfield three, they've got to put pressure on and get in the box. And MacArthur showed that he can get back, you know, defend and to get forward. And he's incredibly important to our team, I think, now. I think he's a terrific signing. And that's it. Anyone got any uh, alternative views on MacArthur? Um, no, you know how I feel about him. He's a he's a really good player. I love the way that he you know gets forward, etc., and passes the ball. Yesterday wasn't his, wasn't necessarily his best passing match, but again, I think he sacrificed the passing part to feel like you just said to get from box to box. It's a lot of work, Chris, going mm. from eighteen to eighteen. So I think the fact that he was supporting Shamak so much in that game got the goal. Really could have had a second goal easily, either in the first half or in the second half. I mean, the way that he played a little differently yesterday, I think shows that we're going to try and hopefully get him forward more and get him in the box more. So I think that was. A great display by him yesterday. Mm. Joe, uh, you want to start a little bit about about Shamak? I could risk the wrath of a very few, a fair few people. Yeah, I know you're going to say. It, by uh, the way, go on. You're going to say you're glad that he's injured. Oh no, I would never ever. Well, you know what I mean, but no, not glad. No, you're, you, no, okay, go ahead. Sorry. Not, no, not at all. I'd never wish injury on 
on any players. Well, not many players. Joey Barton, maybe. Um, <laughs> exactly. Uh, um, no, uh, am I the only one that thought he had a mare yesterday? Mm. I, 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 like, I, I actually thought, thought in the working. first half he was very good. He, yeah, no, he, 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 was, he did what he did, all right, but in the second half he was, he, he was he just kept losing the ball and he was misplacing passes. But he was, he was trying to... It's really weird. It's as it's, it's, it's if he's trying to... All season he's been asked to do the difficult stuff, and then when he had the chance to do the really easy stuff yesterday, he did it really badly. He did it really badly. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I know, I know it was a very, very, a very strange one yesterday from Shamak. Uh, really strange. He, uh, what, he's on the um, when he's on the front foot, he worries me because he, he doesn't. It's almost like he doesn't know how to get to sort of drive forward. Um, there was a couple of we had a couple of breaks on, and the ball sort of found its way to him, and he was almost it was effectively one on one with a defender. You're thinking, go on, and then you suddenly go, oh, that's Schmack, isn't it? He's not really what he does, you know. If it's Dwight, Dwight Gale or it's Fraser Campbell, they're going to drive at the defender and try and get a shot away. But Marin Schmack just slowed it down and waited for people to get forward with him, and that you know that works. It, it, again, we were talking to we were talking about him earlier, myself and uh, Alex and. You know, and you, Joe, we were, we were all talking about, you know, is he a striker, blah, 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 blah. Well, you know, he is, but but he's not the right type of striker for the ball that's being played almost. Uh, but what I thought was really interesting about it is Neil Warnock said that as soon as he went off injured, you know, whether he had a shocker or not, is we had no physical presence up there. And, and he felt that that meant that that's why we didn't sort of press later on in the, in the game. I don't know. Is that enough? He, I agree with you, Joe. In the set. I didn't think he was effective. But Alex, you said you thought he had a good first off. Yeah, I think I, I think he does. He's all, he's all over. I just think he, you need somebody with him. I think you need a Gale with him. I think you need somebody alongside him to do that part of the game. Four four two, yeah. Lovely. Next. No, I wouldn't go four four two. I play him just. Well, so what do we do? What do we do? Four six. No, four two three one. Do exactly what we're doing now, what? but just a little bit higher. Four two three one. Why not Shamak played number ten all of last season? You can't do that because to, for for Shamak and Gale to, to to work off each other, Gale needs to be working off his shoulder. He needs to be within ten yards of him to go for flick-ons. Yeah, but he can't be. Yeah, but but he he can't, can't be. You can't. You can't. You can't. You, abs- you absolutely can't be because a, can, forward, can, a forward's primary primary role is to play on the shoulder of a defender. And if Shamak isn't can. doing that, you can't be. We can be, we've got to play four four two if you're going to play that system. No one plays four. All of last, yeah, all of last season we played four, two, three, one. Four, four, fucking two. All right, my, yeah, right. what's my England it, manager? Yeah. Yes, there no, you go. Yeah, uh, I know, I understand that, and I know you're going to keep banging on about it. Um, but <laughs> um, let's just say, Shamak, when he did uh, in the Liverpool game, he did actually play effectively up with Gale. Um, but what the what you've got a thing is, he just can't do it all game. He's being asked to do to be the extra midfield man when he plays alongside a striker, you know, up with a striker, if you like, because that is the system that we play. If you want to tell me, Joe, seriously, that you think four four two would work and that both Yannick and Wilf would have the same freedom in that formation that they that they have to get forward, and that the two central midfielders would cope, and we could just have two people up top. No, no I, I don't. And I've told you, I've told you many, many times what I do okay. believe, right? Is that three five two is our formation? Well, why did you just say four four two? Well, because it gives us an option of two up front. But three five two. We listen. We haven't got a legitimate left back. We haven't really. As soon as we put uh, Ward back to right back, he looked crap. Yeah. No, it looks All like right, we haven't Gail, got a legitimate right back. Gail, so we, what, what, we what, I want you, what I want you to do 
um, is to go on, go on the eagleselement.com, use the squad selector there to select 352, and then right. pick the team. And show me where Yannick and Will fit into the 352. More importantly, tell me who plays the three in the back, because I'm scared. It doesn't matter, does it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it certainly does. If talking about being defensively solid, it does matter a lot. Yeah, but you you have to re- you have to have. If you're talking about a box to box player, then you're talking about MacArthur having to having to, to literally be a defender. You're talking about the whole team apart from two players. What, what pleased me yesterday for the first time, and Chris, you said you'd seen it before, or, or they did it earlier. We played t- we we t- uh, uh, set pieces uh, uh, their set pieces. We left mm. two players up yesterday. Yeah, we did. Yeah, it was good. Will, Will from Balassi. We put them on the halfway line, and it forced them to keep free back. But yeah. not once did we did we do what we what we should have done. And it was right. as soon as we got the balls hoof it because it would we would have we would have had them in trouble. But I, <laughs> I, I generally, you know, I do think that we that we need to look at three five two because listen, and, and we've proved it before. Attack is our best form, you know, a defence. We just need to score more goals than someone else. The draws are not going to be good enough at home, I'm afraid. I mean, you know, we can all go, it's all lovely. But, you know, when when, we, when it comes to the end of the season and that nightmare four or five game running we've got, you know, we, we'll be praying for draws, but we'll be praying for a draw at Old Trafford and at Arsenal and, and Chelsea. Where, wherever the nightmare is that we've got, it is a nightmare. We're going to be praying for a draw, but we ain't going to get them. Not especially did, um, if those teams are in a running for the for Champions League or yeah. title or title race, then well, we're great. really in the crap. We did get a great tweet in from Simon Goddard earlier on. He said uh, about the, the running. Don't worry, one of those games near the end of the season is Liverpool away. Where did Chris go? Hey, he's got rubbish internet. But, <laughs> yeah, so. so Chris, so what was it? Was it Chris Goddard's? Simon Goddard's tweeted that, yeah, one of them is Liverpool away. Mm. Well, the running is, I'll tell you right now, it's it, May 2nd is Chelsea away. Yeah. May 9th, May 9th at home. May Oops. 16th, Arsenal away and Swansea Oops. on 23rd at home. Oh, that's, that's right. not that bad. That's not that bad. with us by then. Who's Swansea? No, no I'm Liverpool. No, yeah. they both <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Why are you so worried about that running with two of the people being relegation battle with us? I'm not worried about those the last two games. Well, I, I, I just, do you know, Patrick, I'm I'm fed up with having that that last game syndrome. I listen. I remember Arsenal away. Trust me, you all remember those last games. Ian Wright kissing the badge. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I, never <laughs> oh, oh, no. I know. Mind you saying that, he kissed every badge, didn't he? I saw him kiss the West Arsenal. He's just a badge kisser. Oh, gosh. <laughs> exactly. So, but I know, and I listen, I, I totally understand the whole point about, you know, the last few games. But like I said, I'm not going to worry about that right now. But Joe, going to your point about the 3-5-2, I wanted to kind of jump in. I really, am, I don't have a problem with it. I, I think I like the idea, but I really am concerned that who would the three in the back would be. I don't know what Alex's feedback would be, but... You're obviously going to lose one of the fullbacks, which is not necessarily a, a, a bad. But when you play a three-five-two, the, the you know the, the the five, the two outside guys that Chris is trying to say, they become they become wingbacks. So then you got Yannick and 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 uh, Wilf playing as a fullback. That's very difficult for them to do. So well, it isn't because because Wilf did that yesterday. And the thing is, for Yannick to become a better player, he's going right. to have to have that in his locker. He can't. We can't be. We can't tow players. We can't have. But players acting like rucksacks. We don't. We can't carry players. We've got to. We've everyone has to chip in. And the other thing as well is if we took Ward out right. 
from from left back. Put him in the middle. And put him in the middle. Okay. And he and definitely, definitely could be. And drop who? Oh, hell, Chris. Yeah, but it's, you can say <laughs> drop who, but the thing is, what happens if MacArthur gets injured? What happens when Jedi goes off for a month with Australia? What happens? Now we've got international players. We're going to start losing them. That's, that's fair. Um, but, but what I'm saying is, we, we, need to, we need to have a plan B. We need to have a plan D. But we don't, have, we don't even have a plan B for, for, for games at home. When nah, you're, you're, sits up while we're trying to chase a game. You're right, mate. Shift the right back from left back into central midfield. That'll sort it right out. Um, it's not, yeah, no, 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 no. See, that's the thing. You can, you, can, you can take the piss, but you know that the thing is, he is the only player that's played virtually in every... In every he's, did he play up front? Last year, mate. Yeah, Nick, he, before, uh, he has played up front for. He's played yeah. everywhere, yeah, yeah, yeah. apart Look, from in goal. All I'm going to say, goalie and all. Yeah, I bet he is. And listen, he's a great player, and he's brilliant yeah, for us. Do you reckon but... he can take corners? <laughs> no. <laughs> Let's have a chat about yeah, corners. Actually, just just to make a point on um on, I'm just going to say that you know, and I, and I think you'll see my point on this. I hope you'll see my point on this. Um, if we're talking about shifting a player like Joel Ward round to try and fill gaps, we you know. We're a Premier League club. That's not what you do. You have strength in depth for people playing in positions. We still haven't quite got that as it is. You know, we've got we've got Ward doing a great job at left back because he's a fantastic defender. But we need an out and out left back who plays left back every single week. We need our best player there. We got our best. We need our best right back there. We need our best central defensive pairing. We need our best players in their best positions. That is what Joe, we need. Joe, the one we got forgot is Boots, obviously. <laughs> is, is, has anyone heard anything about what's going on? Because that seems well, I'm getting I'm getting a bit suspect about this now. Um, you know, I, I think something he there's a little bit something more to it. I think. Well, there's something. Something is clearly well. He clearly hasn't impressed anyone. I mean, he he played against Newcastle in the cup and had a bit of a mare, didn't he? What, three um, and a half million pounds, and he's not yeah, impressed yeah. anyone. Yeah. Well, there you go. Um, he sh- the, th- the thing about him is he should have done. That's the thing. There's, there's no, there's nothing to suggest that that Friars joining Palace would have been a bad move, right? Uh, because you know he was incredibly well thought of at Man United, but wanted to force his way out and join Tottenham, uh, couldn't do that. So went abroad briefly, played in Portugal, didn't he, for a short while before Spurs were able to sign him. Um, but you know whatever happened at, at Tottenham, you know whatever it, they they were desperate to get him, um, but he didn't really get a look in. So clearly he's been he's not been playing enough football there. I think I mean I I can't help but think that he must be some considerable distance of proper match fitness. Is he is he uh, playing in any of the youth? How old is he by the way? He's tw- what twenty two something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is, is so he, he, can't, is he can't play for the no he does he can, play. You can, yeah, you can yeah. for the under twenty ones. He yeah. can play he can play as an overage player exactly, and he has played for them, but they don't have they haven't played a lot of matches recently. But he has yeah. played with them. He has. Yep. Has anybody? I mean, has anybody watched him? Has anybody turned around and, and said, "Yeah, he's all right," or he's absolutely toilet? Or, or... I think. I think. I mean, again, my only my only recollection is the um, this is a Newcastle game where we had a nightmare. But I, I've not seen him for the twenty ones yet. Um, but you know, who, who knows? I mean, he he. You know, if he was up to it, he'd be in a left back, wouldn't he? But clearly, whatever you know, whatever the standard is, clearly Joe Ward is a better left back than he is. At the moment, otherwise, you know, he wouldn't be in there. Um, we've obviously coming towards the end of the show, so I'm, I'm a bit aware there's a few things I didn't want to cover. I was mentioning before my um, internet, don't use BT, don't get BT, don't do anything with BT. Uh, my internet went a bit weird. Um, so Michael Johnson had emailed us about Shamak, and he was saying very similar things. What, the Michael Johnson? I believe so. <laughs> wow. God damn. 
Um, he talks about how he knows Shamak works ridiculously hard, but he can't bring himself to sing scoring goals for Palace for no. fairly obvious <laughs> reasons. Um, it's it's hard to remember the last time he attempted a shot on target for us. What are your thoughts on this? I think we covered our thoughts, but I think the last shot on target was a goal, wasn't it? Must have been a few of them, so it got uh, have been a goal. He, yeah, he only shoots if he's completely certain he's going to score. <laughs> no doubt about that. It's, um, it's something that I think he needs to sort out, but it's interesting that we're now going to be in this position. He's going to be out for at least a couple of weeks, um, you would say, with a, with a hamstring strain. So, you know, we're going to have to deal without him. It, it means we'll probably carry on with the McJedley thing, but it gives someone else a chance up, up top. And whether it's going to be Campbell or Gale, I don't know, but one of those has got us cement in that place while they can. Um, we did get a message from... Uh, it's the best email ever. I won't give his full email address out, but... It's Tony the Cool Dude. I really... <laughs> you know? Anyway, Tony from Australia. I don't think it's the Tony he's about to mention. Uh, he goes, you guys have often discussed Tony Popovich as a potential manager. They have misgivings about the standard he's managing at an hour. So he's just letting us know that Western Sydney Wanderers are playing in the Club World Cup. And he says next weekend. I think he sent this during the week. Uh, so it should be... It's probably gone. I missed it. Uh, I, I watched it. It was on yesterday. I watched the match. So. Okay. Basically, very quickly, there's the quarterfinals. Every single game ever. Yeah, I hate to say, it, I kind of do. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't judge me. Don't judge me. So basically, I only watch it because of Popovich, honestly. Um, so they played Cruzeville, which is the Mexican champions. It was um, quarterfinals of the um, World FIFA World FIFA Club Cup. The winner would play Real Madrid in the semifinals, and they were up one nothing. It was a deluge. It's actually played in Marrakesh in Morocco. Isn't that where Nick's going? Uh, it is, yeah. <laughs> right, so that's where they're playing it. Um, oh, please don't let it rain while he's on holiday. They got a red card, and then they got a penalty kick. Cruzers all tied the match 1-1. went extra time, they lost 3-1. It went down to nine men. But they played really, really well. They look like a decent side. And um, that's oh, the first yeah? time I think they've ever been that far, that Australian team. And uh, right. again, Cruzers is a very good team, so they did very well. He's actually doing very well over there, so good for him. Uh, Tony gave us a little bit of uh, context about it as well and said that um, actually, you know, domestically they're not paying, playing that well. There's a big pay dispute going on, he was suggesting. So for them to actually ah. perform so well, it's very interesting. Um, yeah. But yeah, in terms of setup and what have you, you know, is it similar to a Dougie setup? Uh, very much so. In fact, scarily so. So it looked a lot like a Dougie team. You know, not the overly exciting, but you know, they've got the midfielders that you know that that are very defensive and the one forward type thing. But I mean, uh, again, it's 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 Australian football. Uh, they've got actually a cup a couple of foreigners on the team. Um, so, but yeah, again, it's a great point, Chris. I mean, very very much of the of the Dougie um, Palace teams. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, brilliant. Cheers for that, Patrick. Much no appreciated. Um, so, yeah, uh, we, you've heard what we think about the game in general and what's, what's going on. Just a little flavour of what you've been th- saying um, before word review time. Trevor Weldon said, whining fans will whine. <laughs> uh, MJ said, great advert for football with a sort of crying, smiley face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mark Cole used the four-word review to sort of construct various sentences, which I was impressed with. So um, I'll take his normal one. Uh, sorry, his, his, yeah, his easiest one, which was set piece, uh, so pieces wasted, so still yet effect, ineffective. Split over two to make it. Uh, he also said Redmond in January, please. Matthew Bennett said can't That's break. What crap. I said weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Bennett said can't break crap down. Dr. Kurnas said we need a striker. Lynn said, nasty stoke, stifle creativity. Uh, let's pick up some of my favourites. <laughs> Lucy says, birthday spectacular, lost phone. It's not really about the game, Lucy, but um, sorry to hear you lost your phone. Uh, Patrick O'Connor, I've heard of him, says, unbeaten four or five. Get uh, in. 
Jack <laughs> Jack Evans said, lacking That's ideas, true. no plan B. Ah, plan B is hyphenated. Can we allow that? That's five words. I'm not having that. Cole Mortimer says, do we practice corners, Joe? Uh, Jordan Carter, striker in January, please. Uh, and Christian Sade, my feet are cold. There you go. It's a little flavour. Wait, one more, Chris. Go on. You missed my son. Xavier OC said, oh, yeah. cannot pass for toffee. He did say that. Well, I actually yeah. wrote him down as well. <laughs> no, it's, it's okay. It's all right. I'm sorry. sorry. Oh, what about Gels? Joe had a six-word review. What was yours again, Joe? <laughs> no. You six words no. in four words. <laughs> it, it contained too many banned words that oh, I'm sorry. Joe refused today already. <laughs> Do you want me to read it, Patrick? No. I don't, no it's, uh, Chris says no, so it's a no. Sorry. Joe, both you and me have got to put money in the swear box today already, so let's not have any more. Is there a swear box? <sighs> I'll still, there's a metaphorical one for the listener's benefit, honestly. By the way, did I not say, because I'm getting crap off of, off of uh, the kid saying, why am I copying him about uh, Nathan Redmond? Joe, you always and, do this. You always just take words out of my mouth. <laughs> <Playing them. laughs> I said this months ago. Oh, okay. Months, months ago. And, the, and the other thing as well is I was, I promise you, I was going to say this earlier when we were talking about Wilf, that if he does go back to Man United, um, then I think he would be a perfect replacement. I really do. But how's he doing now? They're not doing that well, are they? <coughs> yeah, but he, he, we, no one okay. knows. Eh? No one, no one watches pub football anymore, do they? We're in the Premier League. <laughs> oh my God, we become a Premier League snob. Oh dear, we're, we're absolutely. Def- well, no, we got January coming up. It'd be interesting to see if we do go for him. He's a, he's a very good player. So um, I am going to get you to. I'm going to get you a T-shirt, Joe, that just says "I said that months ago" on it. <laughs> <laughs> and then on the back, it will say, "I'll tell you for why." <laughs> 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 Are you ridiculing me again? I still think we should have a t-shirt made up with escaped goats. Oh, that would be brilliant! I'm telling you now. Um, actually, very last to end the show, Paul at the Wild Sea on Twitter has got it. Said quick thoughts on Pulis to Brighton rumours. Laughing, smiley. Um, Are we yeah. going to review like we have now about Brighton again? I mean, it was a double-edged sword, Millwall against Brighton. Who do we want to see? Saw that the Millwall fans nearly made it. Had a right. Exactly. Nearly. They nearly made it. Two female stewards. And a club. <laughs> Some. Get, um, <laughs> get me a kicked in. I live nearer to Millwall than any. <laughs> I, uh, I did, um, I did I notice the... Down my drive. I haven't got a gate Each. up. If they yeah. want to come down my drive. <laughs> there were huge swathes of uh, empty seats as well in the the Amex, which was uh, But anyway, um, yeah. So, like, actually, on on the topic, I did see it was in it's in the mirror. Um, they're suggesting that Pulis lives down that way, so would be interested. I'll be absolutely shocked if he oh, was interested in that job. Exactly. You know, no I chance. suppose. No, 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 I suppose you know, if, if in the absence of anything else, and he might think. You know, Hibia's done such a shocking job there that, you know, actually that team, that's a team that won't get relegated under him. He might think that. He might. <laughs> but to be honest with you, the money that's going to be required to get him in, um, yeah, the backing that's... he'll want in the transfer window, right. all that kind of stuff, I think it's just a... Uh, I think he'll have to shell out 20 yeah. million, Bloom, and I don't think he's prepared to do that because he's, <laughs> he's trying to get 20 million quid back. And I don't think that's the strength of the team. I think that's just to stop himself from from doing his plums like he has been for the last three years because they've failed dismally in everything that he, he tried to do. 
Yeah. But stranger things have happened, so we'll uh, we'll, we'll watch it with a uh, degree of amusement. And it'd be something else to hate them about, wouldn't it? So it'd be good. Uh, if you went there, it'd be perfect. pity, not hate. Pity. Yeah, it's true. Uh, so, um, finally, we were linked in the papers with a loan deal for Michu from Swansea. I've written what I think in capital letters, but I can't read it out because I've sworn once already. Yes, absolutely yes, should we say, I said. Um, you know he's injured right now, right? Yep, yeah, he's injured so, quite well, actually. But um, right. so he's playing. He's out on loan at Napoli, isn't he? Had exactly. a miserable time there, but... Um, all I can really, all I will say about him is when he when he last visited Sellers with Swansea, he oh. just he was so far above everyone on the pitch. Who are you talking about? Michu. Chew. Bless you. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, <that's... laughs> that was brilliant, Joe. Well done. Well, are we going? End the show there. We're done. We're done. Uh, join us again next Sunday from 8pm. Bye. Bye. The Eagles Element. News, views and reviews on Crystal Palace. www.theeagleselement.com It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.